Hi, welcome to Land and Expand Podcast. So ex- excited you guys have joined us today. Um, we have a great guest um, on our podcast today. His name is Tom Engstrom. He is a senior IT manager for ZipWhip currently, but has a 20-year career in IT operations and management. And uh, Tom and I have worked together before at Socrata. So I thought he would be a great guest to share with you from a customer perspective, some of the things that make a vendor super successful in helping him as an IT operations manager to help optimize a company from a technology use perspective um, and also share some of the challenges. So uh, welcome, Tom. So glad that you were able to take some time out of your, I'm sure, very crazy schedule to join us on our podcast and give us a very real world customer perspective. You know, one of the things we spend a lot of time in our podcast is always talking about the customer experience and customer success and how to model that and plan that. But we decided we wanted to take a different perspective over the next month or so and talk to customers who are using B2B solutions to optimize and make a valuable contribution to helping companies grow. So super excited you're here and um, want to start with our very first question, which is from your perspective, what do you think are the three to five key outcomes and, and values that you look for in any of your technology solutions to help not only your job to be more effective, but the company overall to be more effective? Sure, you know, to give a little bit of background on what my forte has kind of become or grown to be, has been coming into small organizations as they're attempting to mature and grow them beyond the startup phase, to take them into that enterprise level where they're no longer looking at the wild west of vendor and SaaS management, but coming into a cohesive unit that everything works as seamlessly as possible together. And so when I'm looking at new vendors and new solutions, that's kind of the looking glass that I have or the perspective that I take when I'm assessing each and every possible new solution. And you know, in the in the startup world, um, it is not uncommon to have hundreds of different kinds of tools and resources in your environment and trying to whittle down and marry all those up is, is not a, a trivial task. So when I look at, at a new solution, and, and as a matter of fact, our uh, today is the end of a quarter for a vendor that we've been vetting for about six months and we're trying to land this deal that's mutually beneficial. But from that perspective, what what did we look at? First, we did our engagement company-wide to look at how does this solution or this product benefit not just the organization structure that wants it, but also branching out and how this can be something that's brought in on a holistic piece for the rest of the company, potentially deprecating another product. Secondly, I'm looking from a technical stack point of view of how does this integrate with uh, tools such as single sign-on or other high-level IT products that can make the integration services better. Uh, Next would be looking down the pipe at further and deeper integrations uh, that we can leverage for 
or whether there's interoperability into the CRM tool or some sort of productivity suite or project management suite that allow for there to be cohesion and eliminating the stumbling blocks that our uh, in internal customers can potentially have. And, you know, when you look at the, the vendor relationship uh, and as I'm assessing these, it is a very, very holistic picture. Yes, I want all of these ch uh, boxes checked as we're going through our assessment, but I also want to make sure that there's a, a relationship and a professionalism uh, there as well. You know, if this is a vendor that I'm going to be talking to on an ongoing basis, I want to feel that there's something being developed that's bigger and beyond just a quarterly or annual check-in, but instead is being pushed on into other aspects of uh, our business relationship. And uh, when we meet, when we talk, we're gaining um, kind of like a, a influential uh, friendship or relationship. And do you look for them for some insights and knowledge uh, specifically to your company, your industry, um, you know, do you look for them for, in, you know, just like a best practice approach, things that they can share, like things that you didn't know. Is that, does that really intrigue you a bit more with a vendor that seems to come to the table and say, Hey, I get you, I get your business. I get how you operate. And I know those frustrations and have you ever thought about blah, blah, blah. And is that part of what you look for? It is. And, you know, to expand on that just a little bit, I have challenged my IT team to not only dig deep on these vendors to build those relationships and leverage their knowledge with whatever platform it is that they're in, but also to taking that to the next level and, and us being a SaaS provider as well, knowing that there's a mutual um, benefit that can come out of our two companies being cohesive with one another. And is it possible for me with my relationships with my vendors, uh, which uh, in particular the one that we're closing today is a, uh, a dialer that integrates with Salesforce. And uh, my current company has a text messaging solution. And so what I'm trying to do is you know, do a little back scratching. I want to use you and your expertise and understand what you've got so that you can help build me out, but I also want to do that inverse. And again, you know, this all comes back to that relationship, that trust, knowing who and what they are, are somebody that I can lean on when I need to be, need that extra support and then vice versa. Um, so there's, there's always gonna be that give and take, hopefully, uh, within uh, our vendor relationships. Right, no, I agree. I think that's, that's something I have, um, experienced myself but also you know heard um i think it's something that some vendors a little bit overlook you know they get kind of stuck in their you know i'm going to demo you and then i'm going to answer your questions and and they forget a little bit about the road mapping so you know when you shared you know your value of you know the company the impact to the company the the stack how easy it is how much of a benefit it will be to the departments using it and then the integration, which I think, you know, we all are, you know, understanding we want to integrate to all our other solutions as quickly as possible. Um, but when you're looking at it from that perspective, it, 
do they is it important to you to understand how they're going to do this well meaning you know not just how they're going to implement but do they have a roadmap that they can show you as a best practice approach that says you know in the first 30 to 60 days here's you know what we recommend and then you know every 30 days or every quarter you know you can then add to this and add to that and as your company changes is that important in the sales cycle that they share that with you it, it is and it's actually something that i always ask for in my assessments is i want to know not where they're at today but i want to know where they want to be in the next quarter or the next year because that will set me up for better success even if there is the potential for something being a bit of vaporware at least I know where their head is at and what kind of avenues they're attempting to go down next. You know, when you're, when you're looking at um, kind of fledgling startup companies, they don't have the feature-rich offerings. They're normally hitting a niche and, and running with it. And I'm okay with adopting those so long as I, when I talk to these um, sales folks, can get the feeling that, oh, no, they really do have a good growth perspective and what they're offering does have a runway that's going to get us to where we want to be so long as i can you know muddle through whatever the offering is now um they'll i'll be able to get to where i want to be at a at a specific time and you know talking thinking about solutions that that you might buy for one of the departments and they have to do the implementation is another factor that they help that that they share with you and or the department do you ask them what's your implementation plan what kind of services do you offer listen i can't implement this i can just vet it from a technology perspective but for me to know that the investment is going to be utilized appropriately which i'm assuming is a key part of your decision making role you want to know are you going to leave my department to their own devices? So this might be another, you know, at the end of the year when you're looking at all the all the tools that you bought and the amount of money you're spending. I'm assuming one of the things you look at is, is it being utilized by the departments in the way that they intended for why they bought it? Um, how does that play into not just your decision process, but your decision process to renew it again at the end of the year? Yeah, this is something that I started back at Socrata where we worked previously. There are some great tools out there that do SaaS management. And what that encompasses is hooks either into an SSO or if, you know, if you have products like Salesforce or uh, Office 365 or, or G Suite, then there's deeper integrations depending on the product that you land with. And what that does is that scrapes all the data uh, on logins and utilization. Uh, it tracks where your contract is at. It gives you insights into uh, what your spend is and basing that off of utilization so that you can have some understanding because that is key and that is important when, um, you know, for instance, here I, I roll up to the CFO and I'm constantly getting asked what our spend is like and how do we know that we're utilizing every piece of software when we have, you know, 200 licenses do we have 200 people that are truly engaged in that product and so i've taken that to an, another level here and i do uh, quarterly meetings with all the departments and i ask them very specific questions around 
what are you using? What do you think that you're going to have next? And are the solutions that in place, are they ones that you want to manage? And more often than not, I find that once the product grows beyond just a couple of users being involved with it, the management side of provisioning access, uh, maintaining control and deprovisioning on termination, that they don't want to do that anymore. So I'm scraping all of this stuff back into my team to help manage that. And so, yes, the understanding where folks are at takes time, takes conversation, takes tools to get to that point where uh, I, as kind of this intermediary, can leverage what other departments have and then bring it back into scope so that you know when, I, when we do do reporting, we have a, a more global picture of where the company is at and what they're they're uh, utilizing. Yeah, I think that's a super great point that maybe even a lot of customer success managers don't even think about, which is, you know, maybe part of the decisions to replace or rip and replace or stop using um, might also come from people like yourself that are using these tools to say, listen, we're not we're not getting value out of this investment. And if the the department is using it can't show value can't tell you listen here's what it's doing to optimize you know our revenues or to cut costs for us um, to make our team you know more highly utilized whatever it is right if they can't share that with you you know your message back to the CFO is I don't know why we're spending money on this yeah it is interesting I have found several times where departments they don't want to engage with me. They will frequently ask, well, why do you want to know what we're doing over here? And you know, then I have to explain to them that there's a knowledge transfer that we need to do. And there's a, a broader understanding that we don't want to remain siloed. We don't want to hide the tools that we have and, and keep them hidden from other departments because everywhere that I've been, there's always six different project management tools. We've got eight different ways to connect from a, um, a chat base or a video base or uh, what have you, some sort of telephony solution. It just goes on and on and on, but nobody really knows what the other guy's got. And so me stepping in and bringing that out into the open to say, hey, we've got this incredible project management tool over here that's 10 times better than the solution that you have over here. Let's take a look at it. Let's bring some of your team in and see if we can't begin to drive into avenues where we're consolidating and deprecating and returning that money back to the business. Yeah. And, and I you love, know, sorry, go ahead. Uh, from the the back office perspective where, where I reside, I'm a negative cost center. And so what I'm always trying to do is to bring value back. This is one way that from my IT perspective, I can always return money back to the business. And it's my way to think that I actually leveraged enough money, whether it is to bring on another headcount or to save money across the board so that our bottom line looks better. You know, all of these things add up over time, but somebody has to take the time to do it. And would you then be open to like a CSM approaching you and saying, you know, I know we have some success in, in these departments, but we really feel like this could be utilized for so many other departments. Um, how can I help you? You know, would you be in a, you know, if, if, if someone approached you that way, would you be more willing to say, yeah, let me get an introduction. Let me introduce you to this team. And then I'll let you take it from there to show them 
all the amazing things that they could do to optimize their team because maybe they just need that insight and that expertise and the department who's using it right now is like, listen, you know, I'm heads down, I'm buried. I don't have time to go over to the marketing or other department and help them figure this out. But if a CSM from the vendor was willing to come to you and say, could you, you know, help me work with these others, would that be something that you would appreciate or be open to? You know, it, it's so funny. I, I can relate this back to my personal life. And I'm, I'm looking to have some things done around my house. And I want to have somebody come in that will do what I asked them to do, but will also have a, a broader look at what's available to be done and then offer up solutions around those. And I love and welcome that within my environment also. Uh, because, as I mentioned, these SaaS companies end up with hundreds of tools and solutions at their disposal that they're paying millions of dollars annually to maintain. But we not, we, we're not cracking the nut on these to where we're actually getting into what these tools can do. You know, for instance, um, uh, Workfront's a great example. I love, I love Workfront. It's a great project management solution, but if you don't dive in and use it for everything, you're going to miss a, a very large amount of uh, opportunity. And excuse me, just one moment. My uh, computer went to sleep. I still got you. Um, but anyways, if, if you're not using these products all day, every day, you're missing out on key pieces that could be very uh, important to the workflow or they could enhance what you're doing and so having a csm come in and it's, it's going to take some key questions to actually get to the root of what an individual does without making it be this long drawn out process of watching workflows but asking the right questions to understand how i'm using a product or how another department's using a product so that we can look at are, are there feature sets that we haven't even begun to tap are we missing out on automations that are already built in but because we've never been shown them or we haven't taken the time to read the documentation or watch the the tutorial videos we're missing out on something that could be really big and then again when those things are discovered <laughs> we could end up leveraging this across the entire company instead of being siloed within a specific department Right. No, I think that's a great point. Um, so kind of changing perspective, um, thinking about the vendors that you have ripped and replaced or at the end of your year of evaluating the investments and what's been more worthwhile and you're making recommendations, I think we should stop using things. You know, what goes into that decision process for you on either rip and replace because you need a, a solution or just stop using altogether? With regards to rip and replace, that typically comes from vetting all the products that we have in house, finding the one that has the best value across the board, and then negotiating with the users of whatever category of product this is to all come in and join that. And I guess that's what's going to be the, the crux of it is discovering what solution has the best features for 
our business unit, which of course that's not going to be the same across the board. Uh, it's going to be different with every company that's out there, but finding that engagement where I can get it holistically here for my departments, that project management software is one that I've always pushed of getting everybody on board because it's one that can wrap so well uh, and creating a, an environment that everybody can play in together. And once people start doing that, they, they realize that, oh, this is such an amazing experience to, we never knew that we could leverage marketing directly with engineering on a project because we've never had tools that talked well together and, you know, and, and spread that out to your support department or even all the way back to my team where every now and again, we have a product or, or some sort of project that relates directly back to the product team, but we don't have a good way to engage with them for a long-term project. And so as we review all these, those are the kinds of things that we're driving towards. What now, I hear you it, saying in some of that too, is that you're identifying problems, problems of business. Uh, yes. There are certain asks where collaboration across, or you want one solution, you want one set of data, you want to be able to eat one solution to the other solution. So is, is part of it for you also look at, you know, mapping, let's say for ZipWeb architectural diagram of all your solutions integrates where, and if you look at data flow, so if you hear from a, your boss, a CFO, you know, starts asking you business questions about the business and you realize can't answer them. And then you look at your architecture and realize, well, now I can't answer them. All the data is owed, and I need this piece and piece and this piece and this, but you know, back the old, the old days of, you know, get a, how do I get all of that data? And you're right. Having multiple solutions that do the same things does seem silly. Um, and picking the best in breed would seem like a really, um, good solution. But I also hear that you're, you're starting to identify business problems that are being solved. And so you probably are asking, well, why do we have this? We're not going to solve these business problems. You have multiple solutions and never really solving some of those business problems. Do you make recommendations? Yeah, absolutely. Anywhere that I can find a hole and begin to uproot where the issue lies, I'll always drive back to some sort of solution and make a recommendation around what's available out and what I think might be a possible solution. I might not have IT be a dictator or um, a policymaker. All that needs to come from the source. I don't want to force a product onto somebody because I think that that's what's going to work for them. I want to take the time to understand their needs, help them see how this can fit not just them but others, and then have everybody come together um, as as solution uh, that will work for what they've got. Got it. So in that replace, the other thing I was thinking of that might fill your wheelhouse would be if a department comes to you as, you know, hey, I'm looking, you know, for us uh, to manage our customer implementations. You're going to immediately, if you get brought into the decision-making process, look at, say, well, do we have anything else that would work with that? Why do we need to buy another solution? Do you get pulled into that decision-making and look across and and make recommendations from a perspective have you looked at or tried? Um, yeah, I do. I'll, I'll do it in two different fashions. Um, when these conversations come up, I always go back to what do we have in-house? What are others using? Have you talked to any of the other departments? And 
first because I'd rather just add seats to an existing product than move on to something new. And and when it comes down to if there's nothing in house, then what can we look for out in the wild? And I will through a scoping process with them to make sure that we're all on the same page and that we're all looking for the solution. And then if I can, uh, you know, I'll leverage a VAR if I've got one that I trust and that I feel has uh, a breadth of knowledge that can help us dig in because there are, for, for every category product, there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of options out there to choose from. Anything from, you know, fully scaled 20-year products to the lady that just popped on market two days ago and trying to find the solution that's, it just takes time and it takes getting into what the issues are and trying to drive to solution off of that. Yeah. So coming back to the challenges that make you rip or replace or select another um, vendor or alternative, what are the things that you look for maybe being your top three um, pet peeves and or you know issues and challenges you face that, that made you say, this is not the right fit for us? Uh, you know, a lot of it revolves around relationship. And uh, I, you know, I'm looking for somebody to come in and help us that has a air of professionalism. It doesn't mean that they're stuffy and dotting their I's and crossing their T's because you know, we're all human, we're all going to make mistakes. But when a solution provider is in front of me, unable to articulate well what it is that they have, they're making excuses for why a product functions a certain way, or their presentation doesn't have the fit and finish that you would expect for a product to have things that really I shy away from. Uh, next would be um, overly sales. Uh, we've had experience recently as we were doing some vendor session that vetting immediately eliminated because of the constant pressure for uh, either signing or sell, or even after we you know, noted that we said no to some specific feature or product, it continued to drive, oh, this is the thing that you want, this is the thing, and that tells me you're not listening. Got it. So listening, uh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it is. To you and your needs and your company, what's, what's valuable to you is something that's definitely a turn on you and saying, I, I don't think you're the right fit vendor if you can't even hear my challenges are okay really good one yeah and i think that's always that's good to have a sales cycle is yes of course got a great solution and leaving that solution you wouldn't be working wherever it is that you work but that's not what customer cares about the customer cares that you can actually articulate what the are that they're trying to solve and then you're working towards helping find a good solution for those specific problems not just throwing something at a wall and hoping that it sticks and fits the the, the, you know, the serve, pay, round hole solution. While you're talking about that, I think this is another interesting thing that from the CS perspective, it's something I you know, um, talk about the time, which is sometimes vendors will come to you, let's just say the people get assigned to go find the solution. Um, as a company, you might be talking to a very, very end user and they give you a list of requirements, which are all valid. But when you really look at it, they're very uh, low value tactical items. And there are times where we might look at that and say, I, I know we can solve it, but I'm wondering why they're not looking at these higher value problems. Do you find yeah, and that uh, helpful that they, is it, I, I guess, do you take it as a negative if somebody takes you from that 
lower value outcome and starts talking about a higher value outcome to attach to? Uh, I actually really do appreciate it. You know, it's lying with you know, the Toyota way. You always want to need to ask why as you work your way down the root of a problem. Just because somebody's looked solution because they have a problem needs to be fixed doesn't actually know why they have the problem. They just know that there's something wrong. Uh, you know, it's, it's looking at uh, your own health and you, you see the symptoms. The symptoms are because of cells, but you may not be able to articulate why you have these symptoms. And same thing when it's driving towards getting to a solution for in-house use, you need to get to the bottom end of whatever that is. And, and I think with some more good sales individuals able to ask the right questions, intuitive questions, questions aren't always lead back to whatever their product is, but are really there to get to the bottom of whatever that solution is. Great. So it, um, would you also then say that if they're not asking questions and that's, yeah, you guess that could be a challenge that also might go again as being, I don't think right fit for us because you don't seem to be asking the right questions. So don't seem to be able to get us and you don't seem to regurgitate back to us an understanding of our problems. And it's okay if you want to say, well, I get that this is your problem today, but keep in mind that probably because of this problem problem and you go, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Then they say, how about if we show you a solution to your problems and kind of give you a holistic view of what your new world looked like? Is yeah, that that's, no, that is exactly it. When you're having a conversation with somebody and they're only half listening, what they're waiting to do is to ask the next question that they want to, that of course is going to back to something else. Or instead, they're waiting to try and fix the solution fast. And that's not where we want to be, right? I mean, we, right. where we want to be is a place where we're continuing, and I'll say it again, we're building a relationship. We, we want it to be that each of the people deal with in our lives are providing a greater and greater fit. And I want to be that my time's here, that I move on, and all those relationships come with me. Now, when I may not use their products, something else there, but at least know that I've got them. And this, you know, all the way back to what we talked about earlier of they're a resource. They're a tool. They're the SME for that particular category of product. I want to be able to go to them and say, hey, you know what? I, I may not use you, but I've got this other product. How do you compare? How do we make this be um, aligned with what I, my needs are here um, and have somebody that with that relationship, they, they will come back to me and say, you know what? You have the best solution. You don't need to pursue this anymore. Those are, those are the relationships that I want to have in business. Right. No, I agree. I think that's great. And those are all great points. And I really want to thank you for taking the time. I think it's so insightful to hear from um, somebody with your level of experience, with your role, you you sit at, at kind of the center of these companies trying to optimize. And I think your insights into what you look for, how you make those decisions, how you make decisions to keep them, um, and to, to actually be an evangelist internally for continued use of of these um, solutions, I think was super invaluable to our audience and, the, and people who are in the S world to figure out how do I make my customers super successful? How do I keep yeah. them? And I really like how you ended talking about the relationship because like you said, you take it with you everywhere you go. And Absolutely. We talk about that all the time, how important the CS uh, role is in building that relationship, but not just a buddy buddy, but a true advisory type of relationship that says, I get you, I want to help you. And you really feel that and you want to 
continue that no matter what company you work for. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks You're welcome. It's a pleasure time. to be here, Jackie. Yes. And it's so good to see you and, and always work with you. And I wish you all the best luck at ZipWhip as well. But thank you again for being a guest. I'm yep. sure we'll have you back again. Great. Okay, take care. All right. Bye.